0: Welcome to the Bear Den Podcast, presented by Bear Performance Marketing. Sit back, relax, turn up the volume, and feel free to use all of the marketing knowledge we have prepared for you. What's going on everyone welcome to another edition of bear den podcast presented by bear performance marketing i am your host as always matt fralick if you guys have missed the last few episodes we had ryan Hobson of the green mate blizzard on josh russell of josh russell studios talking about the indoor football league for the blizzard and a small business out of kakana josh russell studios if you haven't heard those go back and listen to them and as always we turn our bear necessities blogs into podcast format under the bear necessities audio digest i'm thankful to have another small business owner on the podcast again because that's been one of our angles we've been taking with the Bear Den podcast. However, he's got a little bit different story than most quote-unquote small businesses. Logan O'Leary is joining us. Young man just graduated from UWGB. Logan uh, is the owner of O'Leary Video LLC. Logan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Logan's story is different, obviously. He's, what are you, 23, Logan? 22. 22. So even, th- this plays into the narrative even better. So 22 years old, recent college graduate of UW-Green Bay. I am an alumni as well. We've talked a little bit in the past just about our experience at UWGB. But Logan graduated in May and had the privilege of graduating during a global pandemic. So Logan, I know when I was graduating college, I was like, I can't wait to get out. I imagine your feelings were a little bit different in February and March finishing up your spring semester. Yeah,
1: I I was definitely ready to get out until that, uh, you know, things started getting a little crazy there. I guess in some ways things didn't change because even before that started, I wasn't seeing a lot of job prospects out there that I thought seemed exciting for me. And then when COVID started, there were just fewer job prospects. So still nothing that seems super interesting, but uh, just fewer options overall. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a common feeling. I know I had that.
0: That was in 2012. Job market was good, but there was still stuff out there. I'm like, man, I really spent four years or five years in college, and I'm like, this is all that's out there for me. So it was kind of, I guess it's similar, but it's a little bit, you know, the, the job market was a little bit less, obviously. But let's talk about graduating. You did work at a local news station. You told me a little bit about that in one of our first interactions. Just You didn't work there a long time. Tell me about that. how that was working there. I mean,
1: I enjoyed working there. I enjoyed all the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. The main thing was that up until that point, I was still strongly leaning towards going into news because right when I graduated high school, my only plan really was to go into journalism mm-hmm. because it seemed like something I thought I'd enjoy. And once I started working there, I just kind of felt like it wasn't my kind of environment. You know, really high pressure, fast paced. You never know when breaking news is going to happen and you have to be ready to handle it at all times. And that's just not really the kind of environment I like where I have to be ready to jump into action at the drop of a hat unexpectedly. Just not my kind of job.
0: I totally relate to that because I was getting out of school. I was in the comm program just like you were at GB. And I was like, hmm. So I didn't really have to go to college to run a, a camera or work at a radio station. This was maybe not the best route of what I thought journalism was going to be. And it was going to take me years in moving and jumping from market to market to finally get to a point I was proud of, I guess. Um, but you tasted the real world and you tried it out and it wasn't in your cup of tea, which I totally understand and respect, especially the way the media industry is trending. I have some friends that I had school with, I have some acquaintances. My girlfriend used to be in the news business and it's just, it's a completely different animal than it was 10 years ago, five years ago, even up in when you went into school, but let's talk a little bit more about your uh, career at UWGB. Obviously, you're in the comp program there, pretty solid program from what I remember. And were there any experiences there that let you, um, you know, fine tune your skills? I know for one, I had some good classes, but I also had some good student orgs there. Talk to me a little bit about
1: that. I guess the two best classes I took at GB were both video production classes. One of them was just basic video and then advanced video production. The basic class, we made a couple videos individually and then we also used the old TV studio they have at GB and Mm -hmm. we basically produced little TV shows. And then the advanced class, we essentially took the whole semester to just create a small documentary basically. So those classes are both a lot of fun. I learned a whole lot about video. I also had one semester, this isn't related to GB, but I did a exchange program in Colorado for okay. one semester at the University of Northern Colorado. So I took a couple of classes there as well that were focused on video production. All of it was from a news journalism standpoint, but I did learn a lot about just using a camera, editing and all that stuff.
0: Two things come to mind. One, I forgot about that old studio they have there at
1: GB. That thing is archaic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like- yeah, the equipment is older than I am, but you know, it still works and even as the equipment changes, the general concepts are still the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you still get an idea of how it all works, but it definitely is old equipment. Like you said, the concepts
0: are the same, like whether it be um, directing or producing or just being on air or making sure lighting or the video or the audio set up right, still the same process. I didn't know about this Northern Colorado thing. How did, how did that come about? Is there just you wanted to study, a, I mean, not abroad, but you wanted to study at a
1: different college for a semester or did they have a specific program you were focused on? I guess I was just open to the idea of studying abroad or doing some sort of exchange and I didn't really have a plan for that. I wasn't taking any second languages so I didn't have any specific area in mind and then I found out about it's called the National Student Exchange. Uh, There's like 150 different colleges across the U.S. and some in like Canada, the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands that participate. And basically you can take classes at one of those schools for one or two semesters, but you still pay your homeschool tuition. So I basically just got an email about that informing me that it existed. And I was like, yeah, I'll look into it. Why not? That's awesome. And uh, my brother lives out in Colorado. So that was why I was looking at Colorado specifically.
0: That makes sense. You told me, we've met a few times and talked a few times that you've always had a passion for video. You said back in the day, you would just pick up the digital camera and record and be little skits and stuff of friends or yourself. Do you remember like a specific video or a specific reason you ever wanted to pick up a video? Was it like a project you and a friend are working on or is it something you wanted to document? Do you remember what that was?
1: I guess my earliest memory just with a camera, uh, my mom has always been into photography. Okay. Um She just always did it as a hobby, take pictures at family gatherings and stuff. So she got me a few little digital cameras, you know, just some small cannons that take low quality photos and videos so I would just kind of play around with those we lived in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of forest around us so I'd go walking around take pictures in the woods and yeah I guess um, myself my brother and a lot of our cousins that we would see regularly are all kind of like you know we were all in like drama club and Mm -hmm. did plays and stuff so we all really like kind of acting and uh, just creating little things like that so we would always be like every time we saw our cousins we would try to make some little dumb video and write out a little script and stuff so that was how i first got into it i gotcha we did the same thing with Mark, my cousins we just never
0: recorded it we were always doing some sort of skit whether it was around thanksgiving or christmas or whatever but context wise like were you 12 13 were you 6 or
1: 7 when you're doing this like when did it first start it probably started when i was i don't know probably somewhere from like 10 to 12 okay i had to guess
0: is there like a specific video that you like look back on not that it was like the first one but is it like the earliest one you can think of like oh yeah this was we put some time into this or i edited or was it just kind of all just shoot it and
1: let it be yeah well in ninth grade freshman year high school Mm -hmm. we had a project in our history class to make just a video it was a pretty loose guidelines just Some video about some historical topic. At that point, I already had some experience with editing and shooting just for fun, so I wanted to go all in. Most of the other projects that the rest of our class turned in was like three to five minutes long and just kind of thrown together. But me and my group, ours was 27 minutes long and had a full plot and you know costumes that we (laughs) borrowed from the play director and toy swords that all of us had and uh, you know had like a battle scene and everything. Because I'm a huge like fantasy nerd. I love Lord of the Rings and all. All that so, sure. I wanted to have a lot of those elements in it, and then we actually recreated that just for fun later, and it ended up being almost an hour long. I almost regretted that because it took a lot longer than I thought it would to get all of the people that we needed together enough times to shoot it so ended up taking probably two years to finish holy cow to actually get all the footage we needed but it was still a fun time you know it was just basically me and a bunch of my friends messing around but that was the biggest two projects i ever created that sounds that sounds like a huge production especially in ninth grade you said yeah the first one
0: was dang ninth grade. that's crazy so we go from you said 10 11 12 and you started screwing up with the cousins and your your family making videos to ninth grade doing this huge project that took two years, which is incredible to stick through that. I know was a ninth grader, I'd probably be like, eh, if I can't get it done in a, yeah. two hours, like I'm done with it. But then we go to now, you're 22, recent college grad. What was the first video you actually made money off?
1: I guess that would have been, this was actually the video that, made me realize I wanted to do video as a career because in college you know I didn't bring my digital camera with me or anything so for my first two years I didn't really do much video or any at all for that matter and a friend of mine from high school who I keep in touch with he started getting into photography with an actual DSLR so I bought one too because I started getting interested in it so and I had a camera still wasn't doing any video but friend of mine who's in a sorority at GB, or a couple friends of mine, Mm -hmm. they wanted to make like a recruitment video just to bring in new members for the new semester, so I made that video for them, and as I was editing it, I was just kind of like, I forgot how much fun this is, and I forgot how much I enjoy editing videos, so then it's funny because right around that time, I was actually considering going to law school. Okay. Uh, just because that seemed like something I might enjoy or be good at. But then as I was doing that video, I was like, "Yeah, forget law school. I think this is what I want to do. You know, it wasn't like a huge paid project, but they did give me some reimbursement just for my time. For sure. I mean, whatever
0: it is. I mean, you put in hours. I know... Just re- editing this podcast or having done some video work when I was in college, even before that in school, like in high school, just the time you put into that. People don't understand it. Like this podcast mm-hmm. might end up being 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You can record a video that you work on for two years and it's 27 minutes long. Like there's so much time that goes into that. So to get compensated from that somehow, that's cool. Law school though, huh? Like where, where did that come about? I, isn't your like mom or dad or something? Yeah, into law? My, okay. my dad
1: is a lawyer and my uncle is a lawyer. Okay. Um, so yeah, I guess it's kind of funny actually, two or three summers ago, and I, I don't know why I initially did it, but I started reading the Constitution. I think wow. I, I think I was just like I I want to learn more about. I I'm really interested in like American history and all that. Sure. I might have that might have been around the same time I heard Hamilton for the first time, so I might have been in that mindset. I'm a big musicals fan. Yeah, I was just like reading the Constitution and trying to learn more about American history Uh and then I was like that's kind of interesting I might enjoy this and I never really fully made the decision just because part of me was like I don't know how much I would actually enjoy doing it it seems like something I would be good at or at least I hope I would be good at it but I didn't know if I would really like it and then when I was still trying to make that decision was when I realized how much I like video.
0: Fair enough you've been doing you know video for half your life at this point, describe to me and people listening, because I've watched some of your videos and stuff that you've posted, even some stuff that's you know maybe a little bit older in the archives of YouTube. But describe to me like your editing style or the way you go about producing a video. Like what it what makes Logan's videos different from the next person's?
1: Yeah, I mean, in one sense, it really depends on the video. You know, like I've worked on some music videos with friends of mine who are in bands, and with those, it's a collaborative effort of what's going to be in the video, but I guess a lot of what I do is kind of inspired by what I learned in my journalism classes. So I sort of edit my videos like a news story, but I try to put a bit more of my own I guess creative touch to it. Uh And I kind of take it video by video and I always look at what's the main idea of this video? Like what are we trying to communicate? And yeah, I don't know if I would say I really have one style necessarily, but I kind of take it one video at a time and I kind of combine that journalistic approach of, you know, getting the main points across who, what, where, why, when. And then also putting my own spin on it, I guess. For
0: sure. I think, so I watched like five or six year videos. And I think the one thing I noticed was like, yeah, you keep that journalistic like approach to it but you're also like, it's like your your transitions and stuff, you show different elements that normally wouldn't be seen in journalism. So I remember there was a video you were out in, I want to say by a lake, body of water, but you're showing like the water rushing over the rocks and like using that as like a cut scene almost where it's like transitioning. So that was one thing I saw that was different than anyone else. But I think what you said though, is like you're trying to make it, it doesn't have to be one specific thing. Like I'm not going to use this certain element throughout all videos. You kind of play to your audience if that makes
1: sense yeah i never approach it you know sometimes i'll have an idea in mind of something that might look cool but Mm -hmm. i never approach a video thinking i'm going to do it this exact way i basically for every video i do i think what's the goal of this video what are we trying to get across and then as i'm thinking about that i'll just edit it as i think will best represent that.
0: For sure. You mentioned a few things so far. Canon digital cameras started you out. The DSLR, which I heard of that term before. I don't really know what it means. So anyone that's listening to this, especially from the last podcast with Josh Russell, like he talked about all the equipment he uses, give us a little background on what your production looks like, Logan, and kind of the software and stuff you use, or any of the technology. And feel free to get super nerdy on it if you need to explain yeah. it more, because like you might you might teach me a thing or two here. Yeah,
1: well, as far as the DSLR, I honestly am ninety percent sure this is right. It's digital single lens reflex camera. So basically. The two main types of cameras people generally shoot with, at least for this type of work, is either DSLR or mirrorless. The DSLR basically just has mirrors that reflect the image as it comes into the sensor. The mirrorless, it just goes right into the sensor. But that's not very important. I started with Canon, which is, you know, a huge camera brand. Most people, it seems like, start off with Canon when they're just getting into photography. And I feel like that's how it starts a lot Is I get into photography first, just because it's an easy hobby to pick up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, right now I shoot with Panasonic because a lot of their cameras are just built more for video instead of photos. And, I mean, I'm always growing my equipment. I, The thing about videos, you can never have too much equipment. Like, there are some things that aren't as necessary, but, you know, you can always find one more thing that might make it a little bit better, mm-hmm. so... You know, if I had unlimited resources, I'm sure I could drop tens of thousands of dollars on different pieces of equipment that would make everything look beautiful. But, you know, as far as having, and, you know, especially since it's just me, I don't want to have hundreds of pounds of equipment I uh-huh. have to lug around to shoot. So I try to keep it fairly simple while still covering all my bases. So, you know, I've got a good light that I can use, a good camera, a tripod. I've got a drone, a gimbal, which is basically like a stabilizer for the camera. So I've got basically everything to cover my bases and make it look good quality without weighing me down too much. But definitely as time goes on, I've got a big laundry list of different pieces of equipment I'll be buying. In the future. Sure.
0: Uh, what do you edit on? Like what software? Are you a PC guy, a Mac guy? Do you use Final Cut,
1: uh, Premiere? Yeah, I use, well, I use a Windows for my computer and okay. then I edit on Premiere with the Adobe Suite. I've looked into other editing softwares, like there's one called DaVinci Resolve that is really popular and I've heard some people like it just as much or more than Premiere. The main thing about Adobe is that you get so many programs so you can use all those interchangeably. So that's a big benefit of Adobe is that, you know, you get access to all of those and you can go from one to the other. No problem. Whereas other softwares, a lot of times it's just the video aspect. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know,
0: is After Effects? Is that an Adobe thing? Yep. Okay. So you get access to that and that's easier than trying to piecemeal maybe that with a final cutter. And I, I mean, no one really edits on iMovie anymore. I've tried. It's a waste <laughs> of time, but that makes sense to stick with something like that. And then this is a dumb question. So... Over the years, I've noticed people use their recording off of a camera that looks like a photo camera, like a for like photography. Like, when did the this is so stupid, but like when did the transition switch from it looking like more of a video camera to like now it's like a photography camera? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because like mean, I like... see
0: people and I'm like, that person's taking pictures, and then I'm like, nope, they're actually recording video. Like, did I miss something along the way, or has it
1: just been like a transition that I yeah. wasn't aware of? I know what you mean. You're thinking like a difference between. What would look like a camera photographer would use yeah. versus like a camcorder that a news station would be Exactly.
0: Hearing. And I'm not talking this big lugging around thing with yeah. like a the VHS tape, but like, I just feel like there was all of a sudden like a, a point where it just completely switched and I didn't, wasn't aware of it.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I've heard different people have different arguments. One big aspect for me personally, at least is again, just the size and the portability and everything if i'm shooting by myself having a bigger camera is going to mean a bigger bag and more you know need a bigger tripod to go along with that which isn't a bad thing but when you're by yourself and you only have so much equipment you can use you don't want to have anything big and bulky when you're down as far as the technical aspects of it that's something i you know i'm always learning more about too is getting more well versed and you know i couldn't tell you all these fancy technical terms off the top of my head right now but you know, a lot of a big thing you hear a lot about is having cinematic footage. That's what people always like to see with, you know, like blurry backgrounds. That's a big key factor. Sure. Uh, having that, like, cinematic quality is a big thing. And a lot of people tend to think that the mirrorless or the DSLR cameras that look like they're made for video are just better for that. And, you know, other people I've spoken to, one benefit of the camcorders, like the bigger cameras, is that if you're doing any sort of live streaming or you know a long-term event that you're shooting those are good because they don't have any record limit and with those you have a lot more options which is why they use them a lot for tv or at gb for a while i worked at the crest doing Mm -hmm. video at the basketball and volleyball games for those cameras you can actually plug it right into like your source and have it stream right to the switchboard okay for the live stream of the game so cameras like that are good for any sort of live event like that. We can plug in your audio, use some HDMI cables, and they also usually have audio inputs right on the camera. So things like that, it can be really helpful. And, you know, there's a lot more, I guess, different factors that you can control. There's some similarities, some differences between the two types of cameras. But, you know, I feel like anyone you talk to, there's going to be a lot of different reasons why they might use one over the other. Uh-huh. Really, for me personally, again, it comes down to, number one, just the... Portability, especially with mirrorless cameras, they are very small. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, they don't have all those mirrors inside of them, so they're small, they're light. You can still take really good quality video, especially with you know the Panasonic. Those are really built to do video. Like the highest end Panasonic cameras, actually approved by Netflix as like a cinema filmmaking camera. Hmm. So yeah, I guess that's what it is for me. is just the size and then. It's a bit easier to use. I have thought about using camcorders in the past, but um, yeah, those are the main. Got ones. it. That was a very long-winded answer. No, it's probably, helpful. Probably doesn't make me sound as professional as <laughs> I did before. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta talk
0: to the people, right? You get, you want to go over our head a little bit, but no, that that makes a lot of sense. So. We talked about some of, like, the technology you use, the software, and your preferences, obviously, with Panasonic and just the, the mirrorless cameras, but kind of dabbled on this. Is there, like, an approach you take when you're brainstorming or storyboarding a project because it's not just record, edit, and then a final product? Is there kind of a approach you try to take towards kind of framing it and, like, maybe when you're talking to a client or... A group of people you're trying to record a video with how do you kind of start the
1: pre-production and then make sure it follows through all the way to the end i guess one of the biggest areas of emphasis that i place with my business is not just creating video but also creating a strategy behind it so you know my main focus is any kind of video content for online marketing whether that be content on your website on social media, paid ads, whatever it might be, it's all about online marketing because that's where a lot of business happens for at least most companies these days. So I'm working with a client who just wants to step up their content and have a better overall plan for their marketing. You know, most videographers that you'd work with, and I have did this in the past before I really had a coherent vision for what I wanted to do, you just make a video, send it over, and then that's it, just... Uh-huh here's the video good luck hope it works well for you (laughs) but uh now what i like to do is i want to i guess step one would be i call it the discovery interview just sitting down with the person learning as much as i can about their business that's you know what they currently do for marketing whatever goals they're trying to reach whatever setbacks they feel are holding them back from those goals learn everything about what they provide how long they've been doing it how they got started Another thing from my journalism education is that I put a big focus on storytelling and like, why do you do what you do? Just to kind of communicate that passion to the audience. I feel like that really makes you seem more like a real person and not just someone talking through a screen at you. But yeah, so I learn as much as I can about the business. And then every video that I recommend has a specific purpose behind it. It's not just, here's this video, hopefully it works out for you, but this video is going to go here on your website it's meant to do this this and this it has this specific reason why we're making it and um you know that's where the differences in clients really comes in because every client is different not every client is going to have the same needs you know some clients might benefit from just a couple videos some if it's a really big complex business with a lot of moving parts they might benefit from a lot of videos maybe a couple long videos maybe a bunch of short videos it really just depends on what the business is and what videos would best help them you know move past those obstacles and get closer to reaching their goals gotcha so you're in
0: the early stages of your llc o'leary video llc it's been a few months right since you've actually i guess legally had that company name correct Let's talk on the negative end so far. We'll get to the positive after, but what are some of the struggles early on that you've had to deal with with running a business, whether it's finding clients, knowing how to properly run a business, because in a comp program at GB, I didn't really learn that. I'm sure you didn't either. Talk about a little bit those struggles in the last few months, just trying to figure things out and how your you know, finances and just making sure you got your bills all squared away. Just speak on some of those struggles you've had thus far.
1: Yeah, so I definitely could have been more prepared in starting my business. It was kind of like a last-minute decision, which I wouldn't recommend to most people, and it probably wasn't the smartest idea on my part. But um, when I was getting ready to graduate, I got in touch with someone from the alumni office at GB who, you know, they connect students with alumni in similar fields. Uh She actually connected me with a family member of hers who runs his own video business. And when I started learning from him and how he does things, and he also connected me with a bunch of online communities of other video businesses. But when I started learning from him, that was when I really thought, like, that sounds like exactly what I want to do. And I talked to my uncle, who was a lawyer, and got some of his advice. And he was like, you would probably want to start an LLC and do this and this. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And (laughs) just figure it out as I go. So that's probably been the biggest challenge. It's just... Figuring it out as I go along, make, like I've had to do a lot of uh, learning just as far as what's my process for things. You know, how do I want to run certain aspects of the business? And I'm still, you know, learning a lot every day. It's not like I've got it all figured out now. I'm learning every single day about how I want to do things, certain things I have to do. Luckily, with the two lawyers and my family, I can at least make sure I'm not accidentally doing anything <laughs> wrong that's going to get me in trouble. But right. you know, I still am working a lot and figuring out how to do things the right way. And, you know, just starting a business when there's not a pandemic going on is tough because you're brand new. You've got to work to get your name out there, get new clients, but especially starting it at a time where... And, you know, I started five months ago back when things were all still kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. No one knew what was going to happen. So people weren't as interested in spending money. And so that's been tough. But the way I look at it is... Either way, whether I start the business or try to find a job, my job prospects wouldn't be that great, regardless. So, um, I started the business, and like, hopefully, hopefully, if things uh, don't get worse, this is going to be the lowest slump that I'll experience as far as business goes. You would hope. Aaron Baird, my boss and president of BPM,
0: started our marketing firm, Bear Performance Marketing, in 2008 during the housing crisis. So, mm-hmm. it, there's no. I guess there's no jumping off point that's ever the best for you. Did you always want to own a business? Did you ever think about that? Did you have a passion for entrepreneurship?
1: No, not really. Um, so I I guess by the time it was my last year or last semester maybe of college, I knew I wanted to do something with video. I was looking around to try to find actual paid like videographer positions mm-hmm. with different uh, businesses. But Most businesses don't have that unless they're really big and have the resources to hire a position like that. And even then, usually they just go through a video business. So I wasn't finding any jobs like that. And I was basically thinking I could either settle for, you know, something that I could do but wouldn't really enjoy that much, or I could try to make the video work. But I honestly... In college, I never really thought about the business aspect of it. Like I knew I would have to do all these different financial things differently than if I was working a paid position somewhere, Mm -hmm. but I never really thought about the actual technical side of, you know, starting an LLC and business taxes and all that. So there wasn't anything I really considered until I had that call with my uncle and he was like, yeah, you should start an LLC. I'm like, all right, there you go. Sounds good.
0: It's wild, man. I've done, I don't even know how many episodes now, 10, 12, whatever it is. And, like, most of them have been with small business owners. I would say about half. And every single one of them, every single one, from a 22-year-old person to, you know, Aaron and everyone else in between is like, yeah, I didn't really ever think I'd start a business. And, like, going into recording this podcast or just in small businesses, I would assume someone always has a passion for it. But it's just like, yeah. more often than not, the narrative is seems that like people just fall into it, which is just it baffles me a little bit but i guess it's just the way the world works you kind of just pivot along the way so let's as we're wrapping up here i want to know what are some of the big successes that you've had recently in the last few months and that you're like really proud of whether that be financial things whether it just be projects whether it be connections talk about some of the really cool stuff that you've been able to do in the last six
1: months growing your business i think a big part of it is just the fact that i'm learning more and getting a better system worked out um Which, you know, isn't the most exciting answer, but I just feel, you know, with everything I know now and, you know, I'm reading tons of different books on running business to get tips from those and just learning from experience. So everything I know now, when I look back at right when I started it, I'm like, I didn't know anything back then. And (laughs) it's only been five months, but I feel like I know so much more and have a much clearer vision. And, you know, I've just got a lot of projects here and there none of them are the most exciting thing in the world uh you know it's, or i guess it's not the most glorious work i could be talking about but mm-hmm. you know it's just exciting to be working on different projects and you know i've been doing some networking i recently joined the green bay chamber as uh, one of their committee members and you know just do i feel like i'm able to do a lot more now and i have a much clearer vision of where i'm going than back when I started
0: sure and you've done some videos though for around the area you did one for a few for the Green Bay Public Schools another one for I forget the golf course but you've done some other videos that are I mean they're not you're not doing video work for some huge multi-million dollar companies but you're still doing some yeah. like cool videos that people would know of or see
1: mm-hmm.
0: Logan as we wrap up here uh obviously you got some things brewing in the future here, and um, I'm excited to see where you take your business. I know we're going to have some need for video along the way, so we're going to be reaching out to you, and I know you have some stuff brewing, but where can um, people find all your video work? I'm sure you have a website or some sort of social media to plug, so take the last minute or so here just to let people know where they can get in contact with you and how they can find uh, O'Leary Video LLC.
1: My website is com. that's O-L-E-A-R-Y Video LLC. Also, the Facebook page, O'Leary Video, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Logan O'Leary. I've got a fairly inactive Instagram account that is <laughs> O'Leary Video, one word. But yeah, so those are my main pages, the LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and website.
0: Awesome. Well, Logan, I really appreciate you coming on and connecting with me and recording another episode for Bear Den Podcast. As always, rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcasts, whether it's Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you guys are reviewing and subscribing for us. I really, really appreciate that. Um, share these with your friends if you have someone that might take interest in Logan's story or anyone else's story that we've had on the podcast recently. Make sure you're sharing it with them. Of course, in between our interviews and our free information from our team, make sure you're listening to the Bare Necessities blogs turned into audio format. Um, those are quick three to seven minute recordings of our blogs from each week but for logan o'leary i am matt Fralick. thanks for bearing with us thank you for listening to this bear den podcast follow bear performance marketing on all social media accounts and look for further insight into marketing with bear den episodes and interviews with small business owners added audio versions of bear necessity blogs which are also available at bearpm.com slash blog send us your marketing questions for them to be answered on a podcast by our bpm team